When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 96, the year Jack was born. The Robert Smith of Sodes. Robert right? Smith. Why not Danico Autry? But yes, you are right. Was I right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I forgot. We're, this is the Danico Autry of Sodes. Forgive me. Uh, I, I went Robert Smith, but I, I, I should have said Danico Autry. The, probably the best Titans free agent signing, uh, or at least one of them over the last, I don't know, five years. He's yeah. definitely on the Mount Rushmore of, of free agent signings. Would you say that Delaney Walker is the best free agent signing in Titans history? Mm-hmm. I think that's where I would go. Over Randy Moss? Randy Moss was good. Andre Johnson, by the way, who may get into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, Look, Titans are just great. racking up Hall of Famers. Yeah. Uh, granted, you know, they're probably going against other uh, players for other teams. But, um, but yeah, uh, I also like uh, to think of, um, <laughs> um, you know, what's his name? Uh, why can't I think of his name? Wide receiver, came from the Bengals, played for the, uh, the Volunteers. Um, oh, my gosh. How old, why, how old is he? He's uh, he, you were like in diapers when he played. Um, oh my gosh, why is this crushing? This is, me? This is you versus you. I'm I wanted his jersey like so bad. Of. I'm looking it up Bengals, Titans, wide receiver, Vols. That's just what I'm typing into Google right now. Uh, Carl Pickens, thank you. Damn it, oh, I should have gotten that. What Carl a start Pickens. to the episode. Carl Pickens, also another great free agent <laughs> signing. Yes, so this is what you should come to expect with the Tighten Up podcast <laughs> in episode 96. Uh, the Danico Autry of Sodes. But if we went with Robert Smith, it's important to note he spent five seasons with the Titans, making 29 starts, had 133 or 130 total tackles and 12 sacks. We also could have gone with the Al Woods of Sodes, but Al Woods can suck a fat one. Uh, t- today, we're going to talk about Derrick Henry. We're going to talk about, but I did not mean that. Uh, if Al Woods is listening, I'm sorry. I did not. Al Woods that. is a big man, Austin. You don't want Al Woods is problems. great. I-, I have no ill will against Al Woods. I just wanted to be funny there. I'm sorry. That was not funny. Uh, Derrick Henry, we're going to talk about uh, him returning, question mark. Uh, Bud Dupree doing his best Derrick Henry impression at a Walgreens. Uh, we oh. got the a playoff. Is that too soon? Derrick Henry's never done any of that. No, 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 no. I'm just mean like stiff arming people in the face. Yeah. Wait, look, the video is inconclusive. We got to wait for the police to do a report. Okay. All Innocent right. until proven guilty. Wow. Wow. Come on. What are you on his defense team? Uh, yes. uh We're going to talk about the playoff picture for the Titans. Uh, oh, did I don't know if we mentioned this yet. Back to back AFC South champs. Woo! 
Hashtag not to brag. Uh, we got an MVP death pool. Uh, got a brand new coach of the year death pool. It's about that time. And remember the Titan. But before we get into all of that, let's get a word from the Trenches Gallery. The Trenches Gallery, owned and operated by your Titans cornerback, Christian Fulton, who's having a great year, leading a hell of a defense right now. But you know what else he does? He partners up with his brother, Keith Fulton, and they own and operate the Trenches Gallery, located at 906 Buchanan Street. It's an art gallery with the latest fashion trends. I mean, you've got all kinds of great shirts, fancy shoes, nice pants. Titans hats, paintings from local artists, and even some Fulton County merch that would look great in the tight at a Titans game. They've got all the hottest brands in fashion, including Paper Planes, Cashville, Bape, Supreme, B Drip, like sushi. I could go on and on. They've got a ton of stuff. They create all sorts of new and cool clothing designs through their one-of-a-kind design lab located in the in the back of the shop. It's the only place like it in Nashville. You can't stop by in person, shop online where you can check out their impressive inventory at the trenchesshop.com. You can also find them on Instagram at the Trenches Gallery, where you can view all of their new items so you can get yours before they run out. Go check them out at the Trenches Gallery on Instagram or online at thetrenchesshop.com. And when you go in there, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. Austin, I was in there the other day. Yeah. I was talking to Keith. We were talking about the Titans. Oh, and that's a good um, topic. I like yeah, talking about it, that. It was relevant because, you know, his brother plays for them, and, and I uh, have a podcast that, that talks about them. So it made sense to talk about them. But they've got some cool stuff. There was one sweatshirt in there that said, the drugs keep s- selling and the snitches keep telling. Oh, that is and true. And that resonated man. with ain't me. That, ain't that the truth, dude? <laughs> that resonated with me. So if you're into that sweatshirt, they've got that as well over at the trenches. But make sure to tell them A to Z Sports Central. We love them. Support them because they support us. Um, and you know what? Christian Fulton's had a hell of a year. So wh- why not run in there, grab a little Fulton County jersey? Uh, well speaking of drugs i've got uh, a word about uh, a drug uh, that will give you all of the same effects without of the handcuffs okay? okay so it doesn't matter if i'm interested if the snitches be snitching uh because uh i want to talk to you about elite water okay as close to a drug as you can get while just being two hydrogen atoms and an, and an oxygen atom okay uh elite water is based in new orleans louisiana okay now you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, NOLA, gross. That like, There's no way they have good water down there. No, 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 that's just where they're based out of, okay? This water is sourced from natural springs in Mount Palomar all the way out in California. Ever heard of it? This is organic water that does not contain all of the man-made additives that you'll find in some of these other water brands. And if this was like an actual commercial on TV, this is the part where we'd show you like other shapes of water bottles that are distinguishable, the ones that you know of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like this is not that elite water doesn't mess with those man-made additives, okay? Because the elite brand is all about bettering yourself and putting yourself and your body in a position to where you can accomplish anything, okay? Order yours now at elitewater.co. That's elitewater.co or swing by the trenches to pick up a fresh case. Okay. You want to pick up a, that, that hoodie Jack was talking about or, or a case of elite water. You just head to the trenches. Okay. You can also find them on Instagram at elite water one. So while you're, you know, you're, while you're going to Instagram to follow at tighten up podcast on Instagram, go ahead and follow at elite water one support them because they support us and always remember be yourself be elite drink elite water 
And with that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm sucking holes in prison. Hey, hey, hey. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is January 5th, 2021. And let's, uh, before we go anywhere in this podcast, let's make uh, take a quick moment of silence for the recently cut Golden Tate. That moment of silence also doubles as his highlights with the Titans. Uh, Jack, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't seen... Dolphins get slaughtered like they did on Sunday since I watched that Hayden Penitieri documentary, The Cove. Yeah, I was gonna say whale wars. Even it was a it was a bloodbath out there. Uh, yeah. The Titans just, you know, Mike Vrabel has instilled this you know physical brand of football, and he's gotten the players in that that kind of mesh with his philosophy. Derrick Henry. Um, you know, an aggressive offensive line that, you know, early in the season, they had their issues. Luan is coming off an ACL. Saffold couldn't stay healthy. Nate Davis got a concussion that kept him out for a while. Um, but they got back to that physical brand that they're so good at and that they've, they've really kind of prided themselves on, not just offensively, but defensively. The guys were flying around. It was a total domination. And, you know, yeah. I get that the seven-game win streak the Dolphins had coming in, they hadn't really beat – you know, impressive teams, playoff teams. But that's a team that's coming in with full confidence, believing in themselves, you know, that's hot as ever at the right time. And the Titans thump them by 31. Yeah. Dude, wow. I haven't seen, honestly, like, those Dolphins got beat so bad, Lisa Frank is turning over in her grave. <laughs> did that not, did that not feel like a message? Do you think the the Dolphins were just in the wrong place at the wrong time because the Titans – you know, a couple of weeks before the playoffs start, we're looking to send a message to the rest of the league. Hey, remember us, the, the team that somehow yeah. stayed in first the entire season without well, some of our key players. We're still here and we're still really damn good. Well, and this is one of the things where it's like, I don't get as butthurt as many Titans fans do when um, the Titans aren't recognized nationally. In fact, I kind of, I've grown to like it. I I almost prefer the Titans not it's, to get love. It's like, not I changing, love, is it? So, so we might as well like it because it doesn't yeah, no, seem right, like it's exactly. changing anytime it's, soon. And it's not changing. Um, until the Titans win a Super Bowl, it won't change, I don't think. Because there will always be those teams that are sexier and and flashier. And and I I love that. Like when when people talk about what team is going to represent the AFC out in the Super Bowl this year, and they mentioned the Chiefs and uh, some people mentioned the the Bills. I've even heard people mention the Colts. The okay? Patriots were getting love. The Patriots, yeah. Like, I love that. And I know that that irritates Titans fans, and, and obviously Titans fans make their voice heard because Titans fans are very vocal, very outspoken. It goes back to us talking about Titans Twitter. But personally, I like it because then you get games like you got on Sunday where you had this Dolphins team that is coming in from winning seven straight games with a young quarterback the the dolphins are like thinking Tua might be our guy and then they come into nissan stadium in a gritty new england type weather you know and we talk about uh, like the titans are like new england south where they brought john robinson down and then vrabel and and it's just and then a lot of former patriots down to come play for the titans 
And it is almost like on Sunday, they also brought that New England type weather and they just want, they just outgritted a team that is from South Florida that is used to the sunshine and, and, and warm weather year round. They, and they just couldn't hang. And I, I just love that about the Titans. And to me, I love the way this team is coached. I love their mindset of where we will go to war with anyone and we will just out physical them. And Mike Vrabel talked about it in the locker room after the game. He was like, guys, we out physical them like from start to finish. And that's the kind of result you get. Now, Grant, I don't think the Dolphins are one of the more talented teams that the Titans have faced this season, nor that they will see for the rest of the season. They may not be, you know, even top six when we talk about that stuff. They played the Colts twice, the the Bills, the Chiefs, um, who am I forgetting? The Patriots, the Rams. I mean, so that's six teams right there. Right. Yeah. So I I don't think like, look, it feels good. It feels good to win that game, but it's also like, I think that should have been the outcome. Maybe not as as big as it was. I mean, that was a they put a whooping on him. And and but it also goes to talk about turnover battle. How important is the turnover battle? Because mm-hmm. that was the, essentially the story for the Dolphins. They couldn't hold on to the football. Meanwhile, the Titans didn't give up the football. Like that makes such a huge difference in a game. And then now here here you are. You reclaim the top seed in the AFC. And if you oh. win you've got that bye week for the playoffs. Yeah, and all you got to do is beat the Texans. So, uh, I mean, and look, they, they're 1-0 against Titans this year. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, right. I mean, let's, 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 let's uh, pump I'll the be, breaks there. This Jack. is a different Titans team, and this is a different Texans team, probably for the worst. But, um, but I mean, this is a Texans team, keep in mind, that just walloped the Chargers last week. Yeah, so, out of nowhere. They, they didn't have to do all that. They, they did not. Right. So it's like the, the Texans team is still dangerous. Like it's, and I look, and I look, I won't fully know how good they are until we get Jared Stillman's dad's take on it. Mm-hmm. But like, I like, haven't heard from him in a couple of weeks. We have not. We really need to hear from him really badly, but I, I do think like this Texans team can be dangerous. So let's not start writing the books of, Oh, Hey, the Titans are the one seat. No, no, no. The Titans still have to win one more game. God forbid an injury happens early in the game, like to a key player, anything can happen. So let's remember that. All right. Let's not overwrite. Let's not like put it in, like, let's not start planning our golf outings on the first weekend in January uh, because we know we're going to have that week off from watching football. You can start looking, you can start looking at places to stay, but don't buy it yet. They, yes, yes. Right. Start 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 perusing the the internet. Find you a nice course, maybe with with a nice trip of bars or maybe a beach nearby, whatever floats your boat. But didn't Sunday's game kind of feel like contender versus pretender? Didn't didn't that didn't it kind of have that those kind of vibes? Because you know, heading in, Titans were at home and they were only a three point favorite. Right. I think Las Vegas and the guys in the desert still have their questions about the Titans. But the Titans answered the bell. Well, and offensive line who hasn't really been together much this season. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. with the injury issues and the COVID problems that have popped up, they played together uh, for the whole game or nearly the whole game. Saffold missed some of the end, but because it was such an ugly game, but for the first time all season, these guys haven't played a full game together. And by the way, everybody gets talked about besides Questenberry. Questenberry's missed one snap all season on offense. How steady, the best ability is availability. Yes. And the second best ability is reliability. He's He's been both for them. While he's not a pro bowl tackle, he's been fine. And I want to give him some love because he doesn't get a ton anyway. Right. 
And his last name sounds like uh, like a candy from the Wonka factory, you know? Mm-hmm. Questenberry, yeah, it does sound like a Wonka. taste like Questenberry. Like a taffy, a flavored taffy or something. Oh, it sounds delicious. But, uh, you know, Sunday, it, it became clear which team was ready for the playoffs and which team maybe uh, was a bit out over their skis. Well, you're, you're a contender versus pretender. I think that's a that's an apt way of looking at it. And and the way I view it is experience versus, like, first guy. Good point. You know, like, like that that's a dude who, like, the Titans are a heavy drinker, whereas <laughs> the Dolphins were on their, like, 21st birthday, like, it, like ready to do, like, their shot. They're, they're on their, their Amish rumspringer, you know, just, right. just yeah, seeing they, how it feels to be out in the real they world. just couldn't hang with they couldn't hang and it was like this was like the titans the titans are just an older team in fact the dolphins to me in that game were the titans four years ago unquestionable at quarterback the offensive line kind of spotty uh they, like there's v- a lot of similarities to this not dolphins. really yet a true core was has, has right. been formed right and a lot of frustration amongst the fan base like it there was just the Dolphins are there. The similarities to to the Titans four years ago, it, it it's incredible. Do I think the Dolphins can get better and will get better? Yes, I do. Um, it, and it's it's the same thing in their division too. They were always looking up at the Patriots. What were the Titans doing? Always looking up at the Colts when Peyton Manning was there. Then and Andrew Luck was there. Then once once he left, then it was like, oh okay, maybe we can win this division. I I feel like that's where the Dolphins are at. Yeah, Tua kind of feels like a Mariota for me. Like you can. You can finish the season above 500. Yes. You can you can push for the playoffs, maybe even make it eventually um, with him as quarterback, but he's not going to go over the top for you. And you you have a great defense in place, a good defensive-minded head coach. There are a lot of similarities from this year's Dolphins team and Mike Rabel's first team um, coming in. So I, yeah. I definitely agree with you there. But, I mean, the Dolphins are eliminated from the playoffs now. The Titans move on. The Titans now are a part of a bigger conversation. Yeah. And for their the first, first time, their, their first back to back division titles since the start of the AFL when this franchise was the Houston Oilers in the and, 60s, wasn't it? Yeah. And they won three straight Eastern Division championships back then. So this is like, this is rarefied air. The Titans have never been this good. They, they've now, this is now, they've clinched their sixth straight winning season, uh, which is third best amongst all NFL teams right now the 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 Steelers are far and away the best with 15 straight that's a, absurd yeah. Mike Tomlin is just out of his mind somehow always clinches a, a winning season there in, in Pittsburgh they're eight seven and one though if they drop this next one then they've got some problems I don't know if that would still count though uh eight, well eight, it's, not, eight it's a, sorry a non-losing season okay so they'll still have season. that uh, and then, yeah, cause they, they went eight and eight a couple years ago. Um, and then, uh, the chiefs are second with nine and then the Titans are right there. Uh, third with six straight it, winning seasons. And it's interesting. Seasons. The number six is interesting here. Um, because how long has John Robinson been the GM of the Titans? Six, six seasons. Yep. And we'll get into more about this. I don't want, we don't have to go over this, but because we talk about it in length with Braden Gall. Yeah. Later in the episode. Yeah. Nice it's just, a, it's just amazing. And you know, uh, the Super Bowl looks like it's going to, the, the road to the Super Bowl looks like it's going to run through Tennessee. He's well, if they beat the Texans again, let's not, let's not take the Texans. Or, 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 I don't want to sound like a, a seal, but the chiefs could lose to the Broncos. They go on the road to Denver. <laughs> Hang on. Maybe the altitude trips them up. Hang on. First of all, the Broncos haven't beaten the chiefs since Peyton Manning was their quarterback. Okay. Is that a real stat? 
That's a real stat. Okay. That is a real stat. All right, uh, so the Titans are going to have to beat the Texans. Yeah, which, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is fine. Um, that's, that's a task that they can handle. Also, can you give me that or, uh, or I mean, that seal impression one more time? Or, or, or. Okay, that was good. You like uh, it? But some good news on the horizon. According to Miss Diana Russini, who loves to name drop that she's been texting with Titans. No, no, no. Players. That's not Diana Russini. Who is it that, that does that? It's... um. I thought it was Diana Rossini when when, uh, when we were on Clowny Watch. No, Josina Anderson. Oh, that's Josina right. Anderson forgive was FaceTiming with Clowny. Rossini. She was FaceTiming with Clowny. Yeah, Diana Rossini. Forgive me, I, I apologize. Uh, it's jo Josina Anderson mm -hmm. loves to name drop. No, Diana Rossini is just plugged in with the Titans. She uh, <laughs> tweeted earlier today: Titans running back Derrick Henry, remember him? Is expected at practice tomorrow. Now we record this on Tuesdays, obviously which means by the time you're hearing our voices, Derek Lamar Henry Jr. will be practicing for the first time since injuring his foot with a Jones fracture on Halloween, per sources. Uh, after jogging on the grass last week in cleats, another great step towards his return, jo Diana Rossini tweets, I was told there's always a chance he can play against Houston. Mm -mm. But realistically, it's a long shot. Uh, but Don't do it, Derek. <laughs> no, I... And Titans medical staff. Am I crazy? I want him to play against Texas. Yes, you Texas. are crazy. You are you are insane. You're certified. I want him to get some reps in. I don't want his first game back after 10 weeks off to be uh, in the playoffs. But, uh, but Austin, it's Derrick Henry. It's Derrick Henry. The guy eats 300 carries a season. It's not like he's going to forget how to play against the real defense. No, no. And I, I yes, yes, that is true. But think about Derrick Henry just as a whole, as a player, both in single games and in single seasons. He's always better the more reps he, as it goes on. He's been off with the amount of time he's been off. That's to me like a mini off season. So yeah. it's almost like he's starting over a new season. I want him to get some carries. I want him to get some reps against the Texans, even if it's just like a handful of snaps. Just give him some, some time to get that feel back before he goes in and he's playing a, a Bills or a Patriots or a Bengals or whoever it may be in the playoffs. I, to me, it's important. And, I, and I, know, I know that's unpopular opinion. I know a lot of people are like, let him rest. Let him get healthy, which I also do think is important. But I'm thinking that this man probably could play this week if he wanted to. So why not let him? I'm trying to come up with an analogy that fits this circumstance because by bringing him back against the Texans, you're you're bringing him back what two weeks before you have to. Technically, you have to have him it, it, for, it for the divisional nine, round of the playoffs. Nine weeks ago today. Oh, by the way, today's Derrick Henry's birthday. On the day we're recording this, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Henry. King Henry. Good find, oh, by the way. Yeah, I, I love Derrick Henry. But so, uh, so this would be like... It's nine weeks to the day since he had his surgery today. So as you're listening to this yesterday, um, but... It, so, uh, but you're bringing him out. If you, if you play him against the Texans, you're bringing him out before you have to. Technically a week earlier than you would have to uh, this is if, like if you don't like bring taking... him out and they win on sunday then he will get an extra week so he'll be at 11 weeks i believe um hmm. yeah, he, yeah he... it's it just it just feels to me like you're pushing it like you you know that this car has problems with breaking down 
but yet you want to drive it all the way to uh, Memphis. Wait, hold on, hold on. Problem with breaking down. He's only been, he's only up until this season, he had only missed one game in his career. And that was just no, yeah, the Titans yeah. being overly caught. Health has been, health has been um, very steady for Derrick Henry. But in this circumstance, it's a, it's a Jones fracture. It's a fluky injury on a right. tiny bone is, in your foot. It's an important, it's an important injury. Yes. And, and so this would be like driving your car to Memphis and back before taking it to the shop, knowing that it might break down. I, I mean, there's just so much that could go wrong. Your risk reward. There's a lot of risk for the small, small reward of beating the Houston Texans, which you can definitely do without Derrick Henry. And I get it. You want to get him up to game speed. But if he was, if he just started jogging on, on grass last week, is he even ready for this? I think that's a whole nother question that we have to answer with him. Um, and, you know, imagine if something, God forbid, he plays against the Texans and something goes wrong. I mean, people's jobs. Yeah, no, you're right. Are well, going I, to I'm be lost. Yeah, no. It's his right. career. You got to look big picture. It's Derrick Henry's career. And everyone said, oh, he won't last long. He won't last long. Well, by playing him against the Texans, you're kind of – you're you're putting him at risk. You're putting yourselves at risk to prove everyone there's right no, about There's that. no upside to it. Derrick Henry, than, the most durable and reliable securing, running back of our other, generation. Yeah. Other than securing that one seed, that's the only upside. Uh, you can well, you can do it, it without Henry. I promise you, Titans. You just need AJ Brown, and the well, AJ Brown that they've had the last couple of weeks has has been the guy that can do it. And shout out Deonta Foreman, uh, who has been incredible. Deonta Foreman, I, man. I'm excited I mean, for the one-two punch that is Deonta Foreman. Like imagine, imagine late in a game, you're playing Derrick Henry at Nissan Stadium, and you're. Uh, it's third, fourth quarter, and they're just pounding the rock, pounding the rock, pounding the rock. Finally, Derrick Henry breaks a long run. He comes out uh, for a breather. Now you have to tackle Deonta Foreman. Deonta Foreman, Dollar General Derrick Henry. Pretty much the same guy, just a little slower, less strong, and less big. He's the Kirkland signature uh, Derrick Henry. (laughs) I agree with that take 1,000%. Last thing before we move on from Derrick Henry, who we are glad to have back. Yeah, the Titans will have a decision, won't they? Because they'll have four running backs, and they got to make a choice. They'll probably only keep three on the active ooh, roster. Ooh, who, who's the who do you keep? Up? You know, Deontay Foreman staying up. So between <sighs> I, Dontrell Hilliard and Jeremy McNichols, who has been really quiet since he got went went down earlier in the season, who do you keep between those two? This is tough. I know who I'm taking. I think I know who I'm I'm taking too. Dontrell Hilliard. I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to do it to him though, because I mean he and a lot. Dontrell Hillard isn't as sexy of a running back as Deonta Foreman, uh, and I'm not. I'm not just meaning that like from like them like with their shirts off. Not or anything. just a like, looks perspective. Yeah, right. I mean that from like a from a. He's not as he doesn't have like the. He doesn't look like an NFL running back. He's quietly reliable, I yes. guess, is what I should say. Um, and so he's going to get overlooked. But I just think Jeremy McNichols has the experience factor, at least with the Titans. Uh, Deontay Foreman has proven he's clearly the RB1 with Derrick Henry out. Mm-hmm. So I think he's he's just odd man out. And I don't think that's Foreman not a will knock be, at Dontre will be very Hill. important in the playoffs to help shoulder some of that load for Derrick Henry. So you say, oh, well, the Titans aren't going to bring him back and then run him 32 times. 
Well, no, they'll probably run him 25 times and give yeah. Foreman seven or eight carries on top of it. The Titans aren't going to shy away from running the football in the playoffs just because Derrick Henry, you know, it's his first game back. They've still got Foreman who's proven he can do this. Right. And I don't know which God or which angel dropped Deontay Foreman into our laps, but that's my God. Okay. This is, Thank you to that man. This is my, my, my take uh, is not based off of anything other than just my gut instinct, but I feel like, having Deonto Foreman on this roster is going to make Derrick Henry run harder because I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but Deonto Foreman, the way he hits holes, he hits them harder than any run Titans running back. They have on the roster right now. And he, he just runs hard. I think Derek's going to see that on the sidelines in games and be like, Oh damn, like I can do that too. And then go out and do it because you know, there are those, there are some of those times where Derek, He'll on certain carries, he'll run upright. He, he, he won't run as powerful as he probably could. I think he sees Deonta, uh, Deonta Foreman run the way he does, and I think that's going to ignite a fire inside Derek. And it's, it's, it's not like a competitive guy, like, uh, I, you know, I, he's taking my carries because that won't happen. And it, I think it's just right, Derek right, right. seeing some, somebody who can play the same way he can and just be like, yes. man, I miss, I miss that level. I miss being at that level. Yes. Kind of like, kind of like when, and we, we always talk about it when we talk about Derek Henry, but that conversation he had with Eddie George, Eddie George was like, dude, you need to run more powerful, more Commit physical, run, keep yeah. your legs churning. Yes. And since that conversation, Derek Henry has been a completely different player. I think it like it, and it took that to spark that within Derek Henry. I think, this seeing Deont the way Deonta runs is, is going and, to spark. And it's not just one sided because having Derek, a fully healthy Derek Henry back in the building in that running backs room, they're going to pick up stuff from him as well. Yeah. Last thing on Deontay Foreman, three times as he rushed for over 100 yards as a Titan, although the Dolphins game was the first one they won 26 for 132. He's been steady. Mm-hmm. He's had 112 yep. rushes for 497 yards. He's averaging 4.4 yards a carry. And that is what will, that's what it's going to take. And no fumbles since the big one in in uh, New England. New England, yeah. Did you that, see, by the way, on his big run against the Dolphins? I did. He broke yes. away because it was downfield where he got caught in New England. A guy caught yep. him from behind against the Dolphins. It looked like he tucked it up into his chest. Yeah, he was holding on to that rock. For that, he knew. He for knew. Somebody to come. Yeah, and I loved that. I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. I remember watching that play live, being like, "Yes, there we go, there we go, Deonta, learning from your mistakes." Um, Jack, uh, I gotta, I gotta run real quick. I got to uh, make a quick. Uh, uh, I just gotta go pick up some groceries and stuff at like uh, at my local Walgreens. Uh, do you need anything? Um, no, I don't. But do not record any videos of people you may see in there. Well, what happens could... if they? What happens if they start like getting into like a fight or a ruckus? Uh, an old Donnie Brook. Uh, an old Donnie Brook. I mean, I gotta film it and then chant and then yell from the sides like "World Star." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good etiquette. That's good fight stand standbyer etiquette. Yeah, right. And then you post it to Ebomb. Bystander. Why did I say standbyer? Standbyer. Bystander. Standbyer. Oh, my, my brain. I'm telling you. Either one. Uh, about reliable and available. That my brain is not that. Look, it's um, time we talk about the the. Uh, I, I would say the elephant in the room, but it's more like a bull in a china shop. Uh, <laughs> Bud Dupree. Okay. Uh, so I guess he was charged with assault. Um, he was cited, he was cited cited. for assault, but it was the fear of being injured, I believe is how it was phrased. Um, Emily proud has it on Twitter. She's got a big thread explaining the, you know, ins and outs, the legalities of the whole matter, but 
he was issued a citation charging him with a misdemeanor assault in connection with a physical altercation with an employee at a Walgreens on Rosa L. Parks Boulevard Saturday night. That's not my Walgreens. I don't go to that one. I go to the one off Charlotte. So if you're okay. ever in the Walgreens off Charlotte, be looking for me. Yeah, keep an eye out for Jack, guys, and let him know you listen to the But if you see podcast. me in a in a physical altercation with somebody, don't don't, film rec- don't record me. Don't film him. Look, I can't I can't go a week without Jack as my co-host. Okay. Like clearly he he can clearly hold the fort down when I'm out, but I would not fare well with him gone. So please don't record Don't him record me in an altercation at Walgreens because that's what happened to Bud Dupree. Have you seen the video? Obviously you've seen I, the yes, video. Yes, yes. And I'm sure most people listening to this right now have seen the video. Broadway Sports Media, uh, shout out to them. They to them, I, somehow... First of all, I love their like TMZ watermark on the on the video. Yeah, that, that was, that, they were prepared for that. I mean, right? good for them. I mean, like that was like, I was like, I thought I was watching a TMZ video. And then I actually, then like, I let my eyes adjust and saw what the watermark was. I was like, Broadway sport. Wow. Okay. Okay. Broadway sports. I see you guys breaking some, uh, breaking some news. So the video was really, but you could see Bud Dupree in there with a host of guys, uh, a couple wearing his 48 Jersey. Had to be um, family members, right? Because I don't think probably. any other Titans fans own it was Bud at, Dupree jerseys. It was around 8 p.m. the Sunday night after the Titans whooped up on the Dolphins. So it was that night. They probably would come from the game. Maybe they met Bud Dupree somewhere. Um, who knows what they're at Walgreens for. But uh, you could see in the video, there was a, probably six-ish people involved in it. And you could hear one guy say, hey, that's Bud Dupree. And yeah. Bud Dupree was seen kind of really just grabbing his people, right? He was, he was grabbing his guys, kind of looked like playing the yeah, separator like, guy. Right, like, he was like trying to get shuffle people out. Like he was like, he was the shepherd and they were his sheep. And to be clear, this is the only video we have from it. This And it was mid altercation. So we mm-hmm. don't know what led up to it. We don't know how it ended. But in the video, you also heard Bud Dupree point at the, the man recording and say, grab his phone, um, which wasn't a good look. But yeah. Uh, so so let me ask you this austin now that we know what happened in the video we've seen it a handful of times probably over 20 times a piece is it a big deal they play this game on the morning show big deal or is it no deal small deal big deal what do you think it is i i think it's i think okay and i i think it's a little more nuanced than that um First of all, I will say this. If you own a Bud Dupree jersey, please tweet at us at Tighten Up Pod. Because I, I, I don't think anyone owns a Bud Dupree jersey. Really? I think a lot of people do. Dude, I mean, I don't even know if they sell them. I've never seen they one. They do. So, so I, but they probably bought them off of, you know, the, the signing in the offseason. It was a huge signing. It, it was a, I, it was a great signing. Don't get me wrong. I line. Look, Bud Dupree is a guy who should ha- sell jerseys. I just don't think a lot of people own Bud Dupree jerseys. It's kind of like back in the day, everyone owned either an Eddie George, Frank Wycheck, or Javon Kirsch jersey, and no one else owned any other. I owned a Yancey Thickpen jersey. I was the one guy. I'll I'll do that. So for the Predators, I own a Matt Duchesne jersey. Now, that is not me watching him play excited with his production. I'm buying a Matt Duchesne jersey. That is Matt Duchesne signed in the offseason. And you bought it right away. I want that jersey because he succeeded, you know, in in Columbus and, and all of that. But. He has so not you been think that, that same guy. That, that was the Bud Dupree. It's, it's the hype of bringing in a potential star for your for your franchise for your team, okay. and I think that's where most of the Bud Bud Dupree jerseys were bought. Now he's well, had tweet some success at us. on the field. Tweet at us at Tighten Up Pod. I want to see them. I want to see your Bud Dupree jerseys. But um, I will say it, again. It, but going back to it, is it uh, what is it a, a big deal? No deal. No or deal. Let, small deal, deal. Big deal. 
Okay. Let's make I, a deal at the top. And then I think and right now it's deal or no deal. Howie I think I think right now it's a small deal. And I think that's the I think that's the basement of where we're at. I don't think you can go to no deal. I don't think it I don't think it's that because clearly there was something there. A 20 year old uh, employee at Walgreens was being treated for a cut on his forehead. A female treated for a cut to her hand. Okay. There are injuries in this thing, whether Bud Dupree caused those or not, he was there. Okay. And that right there, just being cited for the misdemeanor is something it's not nothing. And, and I know Titans fans, I know you probably base it solely off of, well, can he play or will he miss any games? I don't know that that's neither here nor there. And I don't, frankly, I don't think that matters. I do think it is a deal just having him be present there. But to me, it's, and and I know a lot of Titans fans were very outspoken and being very defensive as Titans fans are. And I'm one of them. I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay. I'm not calling anyone out, but uh, very defensive of, of what went down because you're, you're, you, you saw this Broadway sports video. You're like, okay, nothing happened. Like he, if anything, he's helping like clear the situation. That's the only video we have right now. The only one. And it's a short video. And to me, We've seen this play out how many times before? Countless times before. There's always a second video, whether it be someone else filming, another angle, whether it be a a security camera. TMZ is probably hot on the case for that second video. And they will drop it once they have it. Maybe, or sorry, TMZ. Why am I giving them a plug? Broadway sports media is looking for that video. The new TMZ, they are looking for that video and they will find it. And to me, the second video is always the most telling because that that will tell the full picture. What happened right before that video filmed? We don't know. In that video, yes, I agree. Bud Dupree didn't do much. But until we know the full story, I don't, I think we should be kind of slow to, defend bud dupree i love bud dupree he's a tennessee titan i i i want i hope he's cleared of everything but i'm not going to go balls to the wall defending him right now because i don't know what happened before that video and until we do know i think maybe we should just look let it lie for right now i go back to the ray rice situation i know this is nowhere near the ray rice situation but the Ray Rice situation in the same vein of you had to wait till the second video came out. The first video we had, he was dragging his wife out of an elevator and people are like, Oh man, she must be drunk or he's helping her do like, Whoa, who knows what happened. Then the second video came out and it showed that he clearly punched his wife. I'm telling you the second video is always, is always. This isn't, this story. isn't that, but the point to That's where what I'm, I, look, and there don't, is probably a video. Don't get with, me wrong. That, you, that you just plays to my it. point of the second video. Yeah. Like that's just, I, and I don't mean to tie Bud Dupree to Ray Rice in any light no. or, or vein whatsoever. But it's more I, of the, the video evidence that came out. That right. There was more than what was seen. You, that, that first video wasn't the only video. Exactly. So and and that's why, that's why I'm, I'm just worried. I'm worried that there will be a security footage that maybe it shows Bud Dupree grabbing someone or punching someone or whatever. I don't know. I, I'm not, I, but I'm not, I'm not willing to go out and just so, defend Bud Dupree yeah. and say it's, it's no deal right now when 
We don't know. That's fair. That's fa- that, that's fair. I, I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, while obviously it's not a great look to have a, a, one of your star defen- defensive players involved in something like this, I don't think it's a huge deal. Let's get into Emily Proud's threat a little deeper here. Um, he's being charged with assault dash fear of bodily injury. So I don't really know what that means, but it, it, Emily Proud says that the Titans, Bud Dupree can surrender at any time. He will then have a court date set and go before a judge. For perspective, this charge can carry 11 months, 29 days in jail. Seems like kind of the max sentence you sure. have here. And a $2,500 fine. She, she goes on to say that typical first offense defendant will be ordered anger management classes. So right now, with the citation that he's been given, it doesn't seem like he's going to be jailed. It doesn't seem like even a suspension would be in the cards for Bud Dupree. Now, I don't know. I'm not the one who decides Bud Dupree, you know, his suspension or his, his game status, but it doesn't seem like it's a huge deal legally. I, I, I didn't see enough in the video to be concerned. It wasn't, you know, Pac-Man Jones beating the hell out of somebody with a pool stick in a West Virginia pool, a uh, pool bar. Right. You know, um, it, it, this was Bud Dupree kind of playing in the middle and, you know, maybe his hand hit, hit the wrong person. I don't know. I'm not playing. I'm not playing either side here, but I don't think it's a huge deal. I do think Bud Dupree will be back with the Titans on the field on Sunday and in the playoffs, but it's obviously something to monitor. It's not a big deal until, you know, he goes in there, gets, you know, gets the whole booking process done. And then the tight it's in the Titans hands. I don't see this being a suspension. Look from a football perspective, I love Bud Dupree and I hope it is nothing Um, just because I got a lot of respect for him on the football field. And I'm hoping and he's a, he's a, We've talked about his impact on this defense, the difference that he makes, the difference that just from an an output and a production standpoint that this defense has when he is on the field rather than when he's off the field, it's it's night and day. So I'm hoping, yeah, Bud Dupree can look. I'm 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 hoping this is this is nothing. I'm hoping it, you know, we. I'm hoping that second video comes out, and I'm hoping it shows nothing. I'm hoping it shows more of the same of what we saw in that first video, where it's just him trying to clear the situation. The group at Walgreens had originally left the Walgreens and then come back in with Bud Dupree then with them. So he wasn't there when the dispute had begun, right? It it was it was his group. And then they went out, got him, told him to come in, and he was like, grab the guy's phone. Hopefully that was all. I mean, there wasn't enough in that video that has come out that that makes me think that Bud Dupree deserves to be suspended or thinks the NFL will even take any action in this. So um, let's hope for that. Let's hope nothing comes of it. And Bud Dupree, you know, was... Yeah. Wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just in the wrong place, wrong time, trying to separate him, which yeah. could very easily be the case. Uh, okay, let's go. Let's talk to our buddy Braden Gall. Now let's get to Braden Gall. Man, you know, it's about time we bring on all Uncle Braden. He is the owner of 440 Sports, an incredible podcast network. If you haven't checked him out, uh, look, I mean, like, I mean, like, as good as podcasts can be without being the Tighten Up podcast, th- that is 440 Sports. Uh, you've heard him on here before. Uh, he, You can follow him on Twitter at Braden Gall. I'm just going to get to it because I want to talk to this guy about everything that is going on in the Titans world right now. He is Braden Gall. Braden, how are you, man? How are we, boys? Doing all right? Great. 
Hello? We're making it. Great. We're making it. Um, pretty, pretty happy after the results of this past Sunday. The Titans winning, the Chiefs losing. Um, the stars really aligning for the Titans. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't even that either. Like I, I was talking to my my uh, my mother in law, who is a diehard Titans fan, and I was like, literally, could not have asked for a better day. Like every single possible result, right, went your direction. So that's it's no, it's a great time to be alive, and um, you know, sixty more minutes in the. <laughs> the Super Bowl runs through Nashville, Tennessee. How cool is that? Even like the teams that like you like had no shot at the playoffs that you just hate Texans, Jaguars, all all done so. R- Ravens, Ravens, <laughs> Ravens. Yes. Like literally, it was like the perfect Sunday for a Titans fan. It was it was awesome. And then um, I'm just gonna start here, just because you know I feel like uh, you know Braden, when you come on, we always have a lot of fun with you. But I feel like. Let's just not have fun at the at beginning and then have fun on the way out the door. Tremendous strategy. Yep. It's uh, let's just say it's you'd be hard pressed to make a uh, a a convenience store run in Nashville right now. Like it's it's a uh, Bud Dupree basically uh, got into a little bit of an altercation, arrested. Correct me if I'm wrong. Officially arrested or charged, charged with assault. Uh, for an altercation at a Walgreens of all places. Uh, What's going to happen with this whole thing? Uh, First of all, the last 24 months should have taught us a lot about how to approach retail shopping (laughs) in neighborhoods. So just, you know, just be careful out there. I actually do. There actually are a couple of serious topics. I don't know if one of them your audience would care at all about, but that is like personal privacy is having an interesting time right now in our, in our country. Um, that's a whole other s- subject. It doesn't excuse any behavior that may or may not have happened with Bud Dupree at, at, at a store, but like, I don't know, isn't, don't you have to have like consent to record someone without their knowledge? I, I don't know. Anyway, it, it's, there's a whole other topic well, in there. In some states somewhere. that, I mean, you legitimately do like, it's a, right, it's a right. legal offense to record someone against their will. Uh, apparently cell phone videos that doesn't, that doesn't count, uh, yet, but again, <laughs> There's a lot of uh, digital technological issues that like our country needs to come to grips with pretty quickly. And that's not what people are here to listen to us debate, whether or not Mike, Mark Zuckerberg or Congress should be in charge of our phones, <laughs> both of which are really shitty answers. Um, I, I will say this, like based on what you see and sort of across the board, everything here, right? Like the citation itself, which is a misdemeanor assault citation, like generally for first time offenders, and I think this was Emily Proud of WKRN and News 2 that reported this, that generally first time offenders, you get an anger management class. Um, the, the small snippet of the video from, from uh, Broadway Sports Media didn't show a whole lot either. The police report didn't say a whole lot either. Um, it, from what I've read, it, it, again, we don't know exactly what happened, but from what I've read, I've seen worse on like the corner of 5th and Broadway at like 2 p.m. Yeah. on a Tuesday. So like... <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like from what I'm, if you kind of put it all together and try to guess, which is all we're doing, um, it doesn't seem like it was a whole huge big deal. Just some pushing and shoving and cussing. And maybe, you know, if there's video of somebody, if Bud Dupree, like swinging a closed fist at someone's face, that's a different story, but we don't have that right now. So I I don't know. He's, he's been a hell of a player for this team the last couple of weeks. And that's probably the most important part of this off on the field is that he's, if they miss him for any period of time, that, that could that could be the difference between advancing in the playoffs or not. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I was going to say, take it back to the second half of the Niners game. And it seems like a switch was flipped with this team. And, you know, I get it. They're still dealing with some guys out. Julio's still not out there. 
And while it's not perfect, it, it rarely can be in this league. What do you think um, has kind of sparked that, that flip, you know, because they looked so bad against the Steelers, um, at least in the second half and in the first half of the Niners was an utter disaster. And now we have a team that comes out and they were able to put together a game winning drive against San Fran finish with a Randy bullet kick and then go out and dominate a team. Miami Dolphins, 34 to three, they were on a seven game win streak. What, what have you noticed um, that kind of the, the Titans have done differently, if anything? Uh, 11's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty important. And I'll be, you know, I, I think everybody saw the graphic about the rushing attack, eight games with Derrick Henry. And I'm assuming we'll talk about Derrick Henry's return here soon, but eight, eight games with Derrick Henry and eight games without him. And like the numbers were like eerie. It was like 213 carries, 228 carries, like 927 mm. yards, 980 yards, you know, 4.3 yards a carry, eight touchdowns, eight touch. Like it was crazy how similar the numbers were. And you wouldn't have guessed that even though we know the rushing attack's been solid, but the offense has been so anemic that, it, you know, you ask all these questions. Like, I, I don't think – I think we have proven commodities and known commodities, and I think we have some questions about upside. I think the defensive line is a known commodity. I think this, the defense itself is becoming more of a known commodity. This is a team that's top 10 in red zone defense, top 10 in third down defense. They're number two against the run. They're number six against in scoring defense. Like, they're basically one of the best 10 defenses in the NFL and certainly one of the better units in the AFC. And what was the mantra all offseason? Well, if this defense, it doesn't have to be great, but if they can just be average, then this team will be a contender for the Super Bowl. Well, that seems to be, they seem to be even better than, than average on defense. So the, to me, that's sort of a known commodity. If they line up with Dupree, Autry, Simmons, Landry, and, and whoever else, whether it's Tart or whoever else, with that now very deep collection of linebackers, with Cunningham, Long, and Brown, and Evans. And, like, that is a front seven run. Like, just that's a bunch of dogs in the front seven. And that is where you start with this team. That's what will give you a chance to win. On the other side, I think you have a proven commodity in Derrick Henry. You have a proven commodity in A.J. Brown. The offensive line looks to be rounding into form back to where it's, like, sort of all together. You know, the, the band's back together along the offensive line. I still think they have major questions about getting into a shootout, having to throw the ball 30 or 40 times coming from behind against a, I don't know, a chiefs or a bills team, perhaps, even though they've beaten both of them. I, I think that's where you still have some questions about this team. I, I think you take away Julio Jones, AJ Brown and Derek Henry and an offense is going to struggle. Like, I don't think it's more complicated than that. I think it took Todd Downing a long time to adjust to that personnel. And I think we saw against Miami, four separate moments where he called play action on third and short and around the goal line. And because they're able to run the football, those play action plays worked. One of them was a bootleg for Tannehill. Two of them were touchdown passes by Tannehill. And the other one was a third down conversion. That was four play actions. But the reason it all worked was because they were running the football. So I think there's lots of upside with the offense, but I still think there's an unknown commodity as they get healthier with, what this team can do in a, in a shootout situation. And they may not get into that shootout situation, but that, that would be my question is I don't think there's been a switch that's flipped. I think they're getting healthier and the defense is doing its job and we'll find out if the passing game, Todd Downing, Ryan Tannehill, the health of Julio and AJ and Derek, we'll see if all those pieces are good enough on offense to, to win a shootout. Cause they're probably going to have to win a shootout at some point. 
do you think there's anything to be said for the uh I, I guess the the newfound depth that they have on offense because there's a lot of guys throughout this season that have kind of cut their teeth and um earned some experience that they probably wouldn't have gotten had Julio stayed healthy, had AJ stayed healthy, uh, especially, I mean, at the wide receiver position, but I mean, even guys like Dontrell Hilliard and, and Jeremy McNichols got more carries than they would have had Derrick Henry been healthy. So I like, do you feel like that plays into any, uh, I, I mean, I guess like betters their chances at all coming down into the playoffs. I think conventional wisdom is, of course, any players that have reps all season that feel more comfortable knowing the offense, knowing what they're supposed to do on any given snap or any given read or understanding they've been in the, the fire on third and six. And so they know to cut a crossing route down when they're playing against zone and Westbrook Akine can settle in instead of continuing his route. Like that's, I think there's always going to be value in all of that. The, the weird thing though, about this question to me is the pieces that you're talking about. Some of them just cannot be a factor if Derrick Henry's on the field. <laughs> like, right, right, right. Like I, I think for Dante Foreman like, has obviously been great, but like he can't be the guy he's been the last seven weeks if you've got Derrick Henry. So I think the, the real question is about the receiving core. And I think you go back to camp and, you know, Chester Rogers was doing pretty good things in camp. I think a lot of us saw him doing good things in camp. Nick Westbrook, Akina, of course, wide receiver one. Um, no doubt th there's there's obviously yeah, without quite no yeah without question so <laughs> nwi probably the greatest titans receiver in the history of uh the franchise i i would you know it's funny like losing this sounds weird but like losing michael pruitt is gonna hurt like that's weird yes. to say but but like it you know yeah sure they'll they'll run like a couple of play action throws for like three and a half yards to jeff swaim like cool okay uh, and and Ferks are obviously caught the touchdown but the, the pieces that need to develop around A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, I would say Nick Westbrook, Akine, and Chester Rogers have probably done a pretty good job of gaining experience. And does that add to the depth? Sure. Do you want Ryan Tannehill on down by four, on, you know, in an AFC championship game, having to throw to Nick Westbrook, Akine, and Chester Rogers? You'd like the luxury of doing that because they're triple teaming A.J. Brown. Or, or what you, you know, you, you want it to be out of necessity based on play calling, not necessity based on personnel and injuries, I guess would be my question. But do I trust those guys now a little bit more because they've been in the fire? Probably. I don't think there's any, I don't think that, like, that seems pretty logical to me. I, I, I do not want to, 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 to see a box score that has 12 targets for Nick Westbrook Akine in a playoff game. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that if I see that. <laughs> I don't know how much I, I want Ryan Daniel throwing the ball more than 18 times in a playoff game, frankly. I mean, that's how they got to the AFC Championship game two years ago. Yeah. Well, Ryan Daniel also uh, most uh, come from behind uh, wins in the fourth quarter and overtime since taking over a starter in 2019. So, you know, that, you know, I mean, you know, that almost doesn't really even matter who's at wide receiver. I mean, he was doing it with Khalif Raymond, for goodness sake. Don't talk about Khalif Raymond that way. <laughs> yeah, come on, D Detroit Lions legend right now, Khalif Raymond. Hey, Braden, um, the offensive line is getting healthy. Um, and not only are they getting healthy, but I think they put together their best performance of the season against the Dolphins. No sacks. The only quarterback pressure allowed was um, from Questenberry, but they kept Tannehill clean. The Titans ran for 198 yards, Foreman five yards a carry. Um how important is it for that group to, to have finally, uh, at least from what it looked like, to have finally gelled? And, you know, now they're doing, the, they're doing 
you know, a, a fantastic job with Hilliard and Foreman, but let's be honest, the job only gets easier once King Henry comes back. Yeah, no, no question. I, I agree that it's a very underrated part of the win against Miami. I mean, it's a complete domination, so sort of every part is a pretty good part, but <laughs> yeah. I, I think people, look, you know, you know how everybody is on the internet these days. Like everybody's either amazing and they're going to the hall of fame or they're garbage, right? Like it's, there's no, there's no in between. There's no nuance. Miami's a pretty good football team. They're not great. They're not really good, but they're okay. And what's, but what's really good about them is their defensive line. Like they've got guys that are five-star recruits that are high draft picks that get after the quarterback, number one pass rush in the NFL. I think most people know that about Miami. So the job they did protecting, and you mentioned basically every single lineman didn't, didn't give up a single pressure. A lot of that's because they ran first and they were running the football. And again, I had A.J. Brown in my fantasy lineup against my father and I was tweeting, run the damn football. Like, <laughs> like I, it just, cause from the beginning you could see it was working. And so they stuck with it. You know, I think the 198 yards is what people gravitate towards, but I think the one sack and the zero pressures from four out of five guys is more important moving forward, especially as you watch TJ Watt get like 11 sacks in a game. Like it, oh, you just, you have to protect the quarterback and win the line of scrimmage in, 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 in football college pro high school pop Warner, whatever. And Ryan Tannehill has been sacked more than anybody not named Joe Burrow. That, that has to change in the NF, in the playoffs. So Henry helps that, but I think having some stability along the offensive line, like guys in and out because of, of COVID Lawan's been injured like five times. Like Saffold goes down Saffold twice goes a game. Right. Like, so I think having the guys all aligned together, which is a big part of what last year's success was, right. Is they all, even though it wasn't Lawan, it was stable. It was, a, it was the same group of guys that were going at it every single week for at least the last six or seven weeks of the season. And so I think that's, that's what you want to see. I, again, I think it, it, Titans fans, you've been through a lot this year. The team is really pretty good. The culture in the locker room is outstanding. Robinson and Vrabel are brilliant. But being the, most, being the healthiest you've been all season in the month of January is the most important part of what's happening right now, in my opinion. Golden Tate was released from the Titans. What's your favorite memory of his in two-tone blue? <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'd like to be snarky about Golden Tate. I just always think, I just always think fans want the 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 flashy name like that's done things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack and I are probably victim A and B of that uh, of that. Every t every single time, yeah, and and yet it doesn't really ever work in free agency. <laughs> I mean, like, I think Julio Jones has been an asset. I can make a case of how he's been an asset, but what what are his total? I couldn't even tell you how many passes he's caught this year. Yeah, like it's just like Jadavian Clowney. We can go, this do, this does not normally work in the NFL. You can you can select a piece or two here or there to supplement your roster to win, but but if you look at the best franchises in the league, they are built through development, player development, like scout teams and the draft picks. And I know John Robinson gets a lot of heat for how he's drafted the last two years, but if you look at this roster and you look at who's playing on this roster, every single player gets better when they come here. And every single p main piece of that puzzle that, that you're watching on Sundays was brought together by John Robinson. Every, like, look at the front line. It's Bud Dupree, it's Danico Autry, two free agent signings. I know I just said that those aren't the best ways to go, but you can supplement with the right pieces. And Danico Autry, like the most underrated player on the entire team for the Colts for like three years in a row. This is not a new thing for Danico Autry. Yeah. He's just being Danico Autry in a Titans uniform. But drafts Harold Landry, develops TR Tart, drafts Jeffrey Simmons, 
drafts David Long, drafts Jayon Brown, drafts Rashawn Evans, acquires Zach Cunningham for nothing, just like he did with Tannehill. Like he goes out and puts the pieces together and uh, Rabel builds the culture. Robinson selects the, the ingredients and it's, it's worked. And Vrabel's getting a ton of love for coach of the year, mainly locally. Uh, obviously, it takes a little while for the national media to pick up on things they should have covered um, when it comes to the Titans. But um, John Robinson, you, you mentioned it, all, all the work that he's done. And it, it's not just before the season. It's not in the draft. It's, it's not the guys he brings in before the season, even in the season. He, I mean, like, like Zach Cunningham, you talked about him. Um, six years in, John Robinson has had six straight winning seasons, been to the playoffs four times. Um, the you know the first time the titans won the afc in the regular season since 08 um we don't have to talk about what happened later in that 08 season but <laughs> so far do you what do you feel uh, do you feel like the titans fans and in, in the really the fan base just underappreciates john robinson at times because you know his hits are, are home runs you know he has big hits but he's got big whiffs and i think a lot of the times throughout the you know the first round bust, um, you like Isaiah Wilson, you know, second round Kevin Dodd, stuff like that kind of soils his, you know, his perception. But how do you feel? Do you, th- do you think that the Titans fan base properly appreciates John Robinson? Um, no. I also think the Titans fan base concerns itself with things that it doesn't need to concern itself with. Um, oh, you think so? Wait, wait. As as I just answered a question about Golden Tate, um, um, I I I just uh, All right, I got to be careful here. Uh, n- number one, no, don't Titan, be careful. No, Titan no, Titan this is the one place Titan where you sense. don't have to be careful. I we love are the we are two of the most irresponsible podcast hosts <laughs> on, on planet Earth. Um, so Titans fans like. You are by far the most sensitive fans I've ever seen in my, and I am, I am, I am technically, technically a part of the national media um, as an ESPN radio employee. I'll claim national media when it when it when it helps me make an argument. And, yeah, you know, no, 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 you flex that muscle, and right I'll now. disavow it though when it hurts my credibility. So just give, <laughs> give, give, give a second, but I'm I'm not even kidding. I've covered you know every team across the country in both college and pro football for probably almost 15, 18 years now. And I cannot think of a fan base that actively seeks out grievance more than the Titans do. Like I could tweet out like, man, Najee Harris is a good football player. And the Titans will be like, what the fuck guys? Like, like, (laughs) why aren't you talking about Derrick Henry? How how is this? Oh, oh, Najee Harris. Have you ever seen Derrick Henry, dude? Ever heard of a guy named Derrick Henry? No, it's like, (laughs) can I just say something about someone else and it not be a slight at you anyway? So that's part of the problem. But the other part of the problem is just, and this goes back to sort of joking about social media and the internet and how what sort of what engages people is what gets elevated in your algorithms and like all this stuff. But like what engages people is a first round bust. What doesn't engage people is how many third and fourth round starters there are on the team. Right, right. (laughs) Like that doesn't, that's not sexy. That doesn't drive headlines or clicks or RTs. Like that doesn't do the job what does the job is bitching about Isaiah Wilson or you know but I could also point to all the other first round picks that have been good and that are you would not be in this position if it was not for Jeffrey Simmons like period mm-hmm. end of discussion like and that's it you, you know AJ Brown was a name that we all thought was a high late first round early second round pick clear stud like you even mentioned Kevin Dodd there were like a bunch of other draft picks around Kevin Dodd yeah. that were extremely good in that draft class so and, the tra- and almost every trade he's made has been just ridiculous. Like well, Ryan Tannehill for a, you know, Ryan Tannehill. And what was it? A, a seventh 
for a, a six and a four or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it complete steals. Dennis Miami, Kelly and DGB. Uh, Miami paid three quarters of his salary. I mean, de- getting DeMarco Murray was the first thing he did. Like yeah. that's for, for basically peanuts and the dollars. And then he, in his first draft, he trades and acquires like five other picks and, and still gets Jack Conklin an eventual all pro mm-hmm. in the draft. You guys must be reading the the, the Twitter account there at Braden Gall. Um, six years, <laughs> six years. I tweeted this yesterday, six years with John Robinson, the Tennessee Titans are 58 and 38. They have six winning records, four playoff appearances, and their point differential is plus 173. All right. 58 and, thir- 58 and 38. Here are the numbers the six years before him. Oh, gosh. 33, oh, we don't 33 do and 63. <laughs> 33 and yeah. 63. 30 games under 500. One winning record. Zero playoffs. And here's the kicker. Negative 443 point differential. Oh, God. That is that quite is a, a bit of points. That's a 600-point swing. <laughs> 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 Robinson came in. So, so Kent Wiz, it was Kent Wizenhunt and Milwaukee took over in, I think it was 2015. I, I mean, it's five wins in two seasons combined. It, it's, yes. it's amazing, the turnaround. And where are they? Now. And they have been to, and then let's add Vrabel into this because he's the one who brought in Mike Vrabel. Let's be very clear. Who hired Mike Vrabel? In, I, I agree. Absolutely, unequivocally, your NFL coach of the year right now. A record for most players played in a season at 88 because the dudes are just hurt. You lose your best player for half the game. Like all this guy has done is four winning records, two division championships, three bids to the playoffs, a 2000 yard rusher. He yeah. ended Tom Brady's career as a Patriot. Yeah. Like, what else do you want to see from Mike Rabel? Like, sure. Do you think he goes for it too many times on fourth and two? Fine. Who cares? Like the guy is clearly a winner and he's, and what he's overcome this year as a coach and through the lens of John Robinson as well is just, it's remarkable what they've done this year. Well, and a lot of people like to clown on Kevin Dodd being a bust, uh, but people forget that he's a defensive player of the year nominee in my 2017 Madden franchise. Braden, the amount of times so, I've heard I forgot, that. I forgot joke. about that. No, I, no, I'm just saying like, it's like, if John Robinson didn't draft him, he wouldn't be in that position on my franchise. So I, like he does deserve a little bit of credit for that signing mm-hmm. or for that, uh, that not a total loss. Right? I right. would, I would completely disagree, but that's okay. We can agree to disagree. Right. <laughs> hey, Braden shifting gears towards the postseason. Um, I, I want to do a dumb power rankings game with you. Okay. Just oh. play along. Just, I know that's, that's I, redundant I know that, by the way. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah good, good point. So no, power rankings are the best. It doesn't even have to be power rankings. Just give me three teams in the playoffs. What with the number one being the team you'd least like to see. Give me the three teams you'd least like to see if you're the Titans. Um, I'd rather do power rankings of bourbon or Nashville records of the year. I could do music oh. and food, but uh, what I, was it? You did a power rankings um, on Twitter. It was right before we had you on last. I forget what it was. Which power rankings? Oh, oh, it was like it was like uh, uh, probably like Mets shortstops. Yeah, what was it? Was. I think it was Leafy Greens. Like I think I had Leafy kale. Greens. Leafy That's Greens. Exactly what it yeah. was. Yeah. And you know what? And you know what? Since the last time, Kale's made a big move up the power rankings. You're like, on really? Kale now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm cooking with it a lot. You know, it's great in soups. I don't like it like in a salad. It tastes like garbage. But like if you cook with it, it's fantastic. I love Kale. It's fantastic. Is that because of the Rebels kicker, Kale Nation? Kale, Kale Nation. Yeah. Yes. A hundred. Obviously, that's they need yeah, a new kicker down there in Oxford. Um, if the if here's the beauty of the Titan situation as the one seed. A lot of these teams scare me if they were at home mm. buffalo would be number one if it was in buffalo kansas city would be number two if it was in kansas city and i you know i can't decide between cincinnati or new england 
I, I think New England, just because Belichick is this genius, that bothers me. Yeah. But as a, a rookie quarterback is going to get got at some point in the postseason. Yeah. Joe Burrow not... will have his time down the road, but I don't know that this year. is Cincinnati's an interesting one. That, that, that's the, the problem. I mean, 900 yards in two games is pretty mm. good. <laughs> so uh, my but, question about Tannehill and getting into a shootout, like, again, if the defensive line just has that one off day where they can't pressure a quarterback, they just, they just, they're, they're just not getting home. Right. And you've got weaponry all over the place, which would include Mahomes, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. If you get, and like, let's be honest, they also didn't really stand up to Buffalo until the fourth quarter. They allowed Josh Allen to throw the ball anywhere he wanted to that entire game. They could not run the ball at all, which which is interesting. If you if you just have that one day where like Bud Dupree just doesn't get home or Harold Landry just doesn't get home, and all of a sudden the other guy's got time, those three quarterbacks are are terrifying. So with their weaponry too. Joe Burrow feels like just like the the magician sleight of hand, though. It's like, oh hey, look over here, Joe Burrow. That Cincinnati Bengals defense. It's kind of sketch, like kind of question. I, I agree. I, I know Buffalo's number. Buffalo to me is number one in a in a cold weather, cold situation where physicality matters. Buffalo to me is the scariest team. That 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 that's they've been the scariest team since they were like the seventh seed a couple of weeks ago, and they've rattled off a few wins now. They feel like they're back where they're supposed to be. Probably going to get a home game in the playoffs. The Buffalo team is the one that that, that I look at and I go, which one has all the things that you need to make a run for a Super Bowl, but also challenge this Titans team where their strengths are. And if you could just protect Allen, the way he can get around in the pocket, move, make plays with his legs, the weaponry they've got, you know, I know we've got, I know there's Christian Fulton, but there's not a lot of people that match up with Buffalo's weaponry. So, um, I mean, Kansas city and, and Cincinnati both have some sick weapons too. So it, it, it this is the, this is the, winning the Super Bowl is hard boys. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. Haven't even done it yet. Uh, <laughs> now you said you could talk Nashville music. Uh, if I have to, a guy who uh, who may be returning to music very very soon here. Uh, Isaiah Wilson has been cut. Uh, <laughs> are you excited for his next mixtape? Because now he's got new new ammo to uh, to freestyle on. I know this looks like a T-shirt for those watching uh, anywhere you're watching this. Um, yeah, on YouTube, A to Z my, Sports. Yeah, my, my Mustang Lounge T-shirt. I know it looks like it's the T-shirt of a strip club on the Cumberland Plateau, <laughs> but it is not. It's a Jason Isbell T-shirt. Um, Jack because, and I were both thinking it. In fact, because, we were in the Zoom right. chat, uh, just mm-hmm. privately chatting. Like, I, I right. think that's a strip club. And the point the is, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, the point is of that weird reference there um as a non-hip-hop expert even i thought it was pretty unbearable (laughs) so really you didn't uh, nothing you're not bumping that in your car groundbreaking stuff here boys uh isaiah wilson not good at music yeah yeah no it's not that groundbreaking but yes you are correct better Um, better at football or music though Ooh, it's a toss-up um that's genuinely a good question. <laughs> Probably football. I would say football. Okay. Definitely right. football. Okay. Yeah. I change it. Definitely it's football. You can, yeah, you can mask a lot of things with that size. Uh, my la- last question for you um, before we get you out the door, um, going back to the Bud Dupree video, have you ever seen that many people in Bud Dupree Titans jerseys? 
He had a lot of fans. A lot of fans. Wasn't it a 48, though? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a 48. Okay. Like Titans jersey. It was a Bud Dupree jersey, just like a whole crew. Like, I, and that was like, that was my first clue. Oh, that's his family. Like that, because I've never seen that many. I found it to be a pretty, pretty veteran move on his end to also command one of his, uh, one, one of his posses uh guys to go grab the phone you know oh, that was guys very smart, the phone. you got to grab the phone we got yeah. we, we got to make sure this thing someone's watched a lot of shonda rhymes tv shows <laughs> like that's a scandal move for sure uh yeah de- uh, possibly criminal as well um <laughs> but, but whatever <laughs> neither here nor there um i, I never I, like i don't as a as a grown adult male i wear a jersey like privately at my house when like my favorite team is playing when oh, no yeah. one else is like watching um yeah, i got mine right here so I, I mean, at the game, I think you could do whatever you want. So it clearly was after the game. So guys, yeah. you know, if you're if you're adult wearing a jersey of your of your boy, like I don't have a problem with that. Uh, attacking um, retail store workers, eh, you know, let's let's work on that in camp next year and let's get that out of the game. Um, yeah, throw on if you're going to get into you. an altercation after a game, throw on a jersey of a guy like we kind of want to cut anyway. You yeah. know. <laughs> I, it's I golden, only it's the I Golden Tate jersey. I don't own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't own any jerseys, but I did used to have three, and it was Jay Cutler in Denver, Jay Cutler in Chicago, and All of right. course Jay Cutler in Miami. Right. But those right. have those have since been lost. Uh, as sure. uh, as a Green Bay Packers shareholder, I'd like to thank Jay Cutler for our Super Bowl <laughs> in 2010. Yeah. Yep. Well, he is uh, Braden Gall at Braden Gall on Twitter. Check out at 44 or, or at 440 Sports uh, on Twitter, on all the socials, Instagram, everything. Uh, and uh, check out all of their podcasts. Great, great content, uh, in, in including just bite sized content uh, that, that Braden puts together of national sports news, everything. Guys, check out 440 Sports. Awesome. Which, awesome which one's your favorite, Austin? The, uh, the the daily one, your your daily your Nashville. That's the that's my go to podcast. <laughs> and it's what's it called? I I'm thinking I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's uh, what is it called? It is called the 440. It's very creative. The 440. Okay. Sort of, sort of like the the Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> the Stephen Godfrey. Stephen Godfrey. I like Stephen Godfrey. I'm yeah, an Old Miss guy, so he's so good. He's that, that's good. that's one for me. Um, that oh, one's last, Fringe Element, by the way. Okay, last one before you get out of here. You are Austin failed to mention you're a um, emergency host for the Fine Bomb Show. Who's oh, your favorite that, caller? Uh, clearly, uh, Jim in Tuscaloosa. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> who posed as Jack from LA, which for those who are uninitiated is Lower Alabama, not Los Angeles. Uh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I talked to cheerleader. I talked to I Man like four times. I Man's a crazy guy. Talked to litigator, but Jack, but Jim from Tuscaloosa was my favorite because he just comes on the air and he just completely berates me. Um, I believe moron was the the go-to word a couple of different times uh, because I had the audacity to explain the college football playoff COVID protocols uh, factually to an audience of sports fans. And um, why why would you ever have to do that? (laughs) Right. And all I did was have, you know, I, I took my heat and, Basically, I, I'm from the, and I know Austin, you'd appreciate this. I'm from the Steve Gorman um, school of interaction with sports fans, which is if you take time out of your day to call my radio show and tell me how stupid you think I am, that you've taken time out of your day just to let, to, to make sure that I know how stupid you think I am. God bless you, man. 
God bless you. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it on Twitter. I love right. it on radio. Yeah. I love it on pop. God bless you guys. It makes everything engagement. more fun. Yeah. It's engagement, you know, and really that's kind of like at the root of what we do. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, well, no, Braden, I, those are those are my people, man. Those are those are unfortunately those are my people. <laughs> Braden, enjoy your evening tonight at the uh, Mustang Lounge. Uh, tell uh, Candy and uh, and Tanya. Oh, is Cinnamon working tonight? <laughs> yep, Cinnamon. Cinnamon. Okay, yeah, Cinnamon's a manager. And then yeah, then tell Cinnamon I I said hi as well. Uh, actually, uh, tell her Gunzunga. She'll know what it means. <laughs> right, all right. <laughs> but bubbles will bubbles will be there too. Twenty-two is finally here, and there's only one way you should look to kick it off. Head on down to the Ridge to start the new year in style. The Ridge is located in Sylvan Park, and it has smoked chicken, barbecue, catfish, bologna. They have a mouth-watering menu chock full of unique food combinations that is guaranteed to leave you feeling satisfied. And it's not just barbecue, as I clearly just told you. If you aren't in the mood for barbecue, or even smoked chicken for that matter, the Ridge offers all-you-can-eat catfish from five to close every Friday. Oh yeah, It's a great place to watch a game too. Nothing goes with football, like the Ridge's game day wings. And you can even wash them down at their upstairs attic bar with a couple of cold ones. They've got a few TVs up there. It's a great spot to watch a game with some pals. And you know what, if none of that's good enough, if you go to the Ridge and you're saying, hmm, man, this is all great, but I'm not getting any discount. Well, all you have to do is say A to Z sports. Tell them that A to Z sports sent you and you'll receive a 10% discount on your entire order. Yep, you heard that right. Make sure you download the Ridge app to access their curbside contactless delivery to safely enjoy some of Nashville's finest cuisine. Head to the Ridge this weekend if you want to get out of the house with some great food, some friends, maybe an adult beverage or two. When you go to start off your 2022 the right way, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. I before we get to our MVP death pool, are we all agreeing that uh, we're rolling with the hashtag winter is coming when it comes to Derrick Henry's return? Because part this of me, is, a good, I'm glad key, you asked this. I low key love that. I don't know. How, how do you feel about it? I'm glad you asked this because when it comes to trends on Twitter and hashtags, Titans fans are usually all over the place, all when, over the place, whether all it was MVP the- Henry or MV or what was it? D- Henber, D- uh, it's just a lot of different random hashtags and sayings, whatever that, right. that, that are just, there's too many of them. So one rarely sticks. I, so I, I like the winter is coming. Um, I like, I like winter is coming just based off the fact that it like, no one knows what it, means like no one will know why people are tweeting it except but for it Titans sounds fans. scary doesn't it? and it's from it game sounds of thrones. terrifying it, it is and this is coming I, I haven't seen an episode of game of thrones i've really? never seen i haven't i oh man game of thrones is fantastic i'm just the not the ending into... isn't as great as i wished which i'm sure you've heard <laughs> but, i mean right. the, the, the 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 show was great but so the, so the saying came comes from game of thrones every winter yeah they would have the dead all of the dead people would rise from the from the ice and and winter is coming would mean you know this whole army of ice people are coming to kill you yeah and in this case for the titans i guess the king of the ice i forget what they called him the ice king something like that i don't know derrick henry's the ice king and winter's coming so i I like i like that saying 
White what is it? White Walker? No, White Walker. White Walker, White Walker sounds, sounds right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the I yeah I I mean I know a lot of Game of Thrones references. I just don't know what the hell. It's been they a while. Mean. I kind of gave up on the whole show and crossed it off from my memory because I didn't like how it ended. But the but but I like but I mean look if if winter like is all about dead people rising, uh, who was pronounced dead on October or excuse me November first of this year? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Adam so, Schefter said he was out for the season. Da- well, Adam-, Adam Schefter. And uh, obviously everyone's seen the Stephen A. Smith clip of, oh, the Titan season is done. It's done for all I care. Like, and ever, and he wasn't the only one who said that. He's just the loudest one who said it. But a lot of people said the Titan season is over. I, the number of people yeah. that hit me up knowing me and how much I love Derrick Henry and how like, oh man, sucks. Uh, uh, Titans aren't going to do anything this season. And I, you know, and I, I just kept my mouth shut. Cause I, I was like, yeah, this does suck. Inside, and, I was nervous for the time. I, yeah, I, I didn't think nervous. it would work. Sure, I was nervous for the rest of the season too. But, I, but inside, I was also like, there's a lot of other pieces to this team that are good, and and it's a well coached team. And, and that, at the time, uh, you're coming off a, a win streak where you've beaten a handful of Super Bowl contenders, right? And you realize that Derrick Henry isn't all that the Titans are. Yeah, they've got this up and coming defense that looks good. That's getting pressure. Finally, some sacks. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill, this hasn't been his best year in two-tone blue, but he showed us over the course of the last couple games, limit turnovers and just find A.J. Brown. And that's the key hasn't It hasn't been his best. In fact, you could – I'll say it. it, It's been his worst season in two-tone blue. But it's also been the season with the most obstacles. And this is is after a year where they literally battled COVID – Mm-hmm. They were the first team in the NFL to get COVID and uh, face all of those challenges. To me, this season for him has been more challenging. He had to to basically reaccumulate himself with a whole nother, like a second battalion of soldiers <laughs> at wide receiver. Okay. Like, so like, yeah, Ryan Tannehill's putting together his worst season as a, which is still a pretty good season. His worst season of the three in, in two-tone blue, but it's also been his most challenging. And I feel like you you can't say one without saying the other. You're right. Uh-huh. Good point. I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it, the fact that him and NWI have as much chemistry as they have should never have happened. It should They, ne- they right. should never be as on the same page but as they are what? now. In hindsight, you know, like it was very difficult to go through that period. And it was very cha- challenging to like, you know, when like Chester Rogers is your go-to target, that was very hard time in our lives, I think. But I'm glad they went through it because now in the playoffs, when it comes down to it, when Julio Jones is locked up or, well, sorry, when Julio Jones is on the sideline, not playing for unknown reasons and AJ Brown <laughs> is locked up. Ryan Tannehill is going to be okay going to Chester Rogers. Yeah. He's going to trust Nick Westbrook. It's and made their their depth issues. They're not their depth. Their depth has been the strength of the team, but and, the injury issues have right. made the team better and has prepared them and, for. Because look, and it, and they're going to be more confident. Yeah, and during the this playoff run, if they are to make it to the Super Bowl, I mean, there's probably going to be a guy or two that go down. Michael Pruitt. Sure, I hated it, but he he's done for the season. Um, and, and you know, if something happens to a guy uh, on defense, they've we know they've got guys on defense. I don't know where they've found all of these guys. Buster Screen is one of my favorite guys on defense, and, and I, I couldn't tell you where he came from. 
But uh, they've got guys at these positions behind the starters that are ready to jump in and, and contribute whenever they're needed. And not only does Tannehill feel comfortable going to him, but these guys, all of these different guys who have played, whether it's offense or defense, in the times where COVID was hitting hard or just the injury report was 25 guys deep, they feel comfortable in these big roles, in these big positions. And now, you know, the nerves are gone. The jitters are gone from these right. guys. They're ready to actually help the team win. Hashtag winner is coming. Okay. Let's, let's all agree. Well, let's go with the hashtag winner is coming. If you see anything about Derrick Henry, just hashtag it. Winner is coming and let's scare the hell out of the rest of the NFL. Okay. Like, cause you know, the rest of the NFL is getting a little bit nervous knowing that Derrick Henry is on his way back. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like mid season when Patrick Mahomes started to find his stride, the rest of the NFL was put on notice. It was like, Oh damn, the chiefs are back. Look, when Derrick Henry comes back, you I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of teams that aren't going to want to go into Nissan Stadium and have to face him. And can you imagine game. Nissan Stadium in a couple weeks? Oh, gosh. Announcing Derrick Henry's oh starting at running gosh. back. They better, they better go offense, and they better let him be the last one out. Go the Ryan hey, 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 out. hey moment was great, oh, but the was roar awesome. when they announced Derrick Henry. Oh, it gives me chills right now. Oh, I want to go back to Nissan so bad. Oh, you don't know how hard it is to like watch this whole thing uh, from Chicago. Uh, what was Austin Stanley? <laughs> Austin Stanley tweeted the other day where he was like, "I'm, I'm." He's like, "Sorry for my influx of tweets. I'm watching from home." When he had COVID, mm-hmm. he's like, "I'm watching from home, and I have no one else to talk to." And I was like, "Austin, welcome to my world for the last six years." Yeah. I'm like the reason I tweet so much about the damn Titans is because I have no one else to talk Titans <laughs> with up here, like or anywhere that I've lived, St. Louis, Southern California, anywhere I've lived since moving away from Nashville, I've just been having to talk to my. Uh, that's why. That's why I love my 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 Twitter family. Wait till so your daughter much. can start start speaking words because she's gonna be a Titans fan. Oh, I'm gonna teach her so much about the Titans. Good. Oh gosh, she's gonna know more about she more about the Titans than she knows her ABCs. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna know like Derrick Henry before she knows how to count to ten. All right, uh, let's quickly get to the MVP death pool. The uh, Jack. Um, I think this is this is pretty quick for me because you know my answer. I'm putting Jonathan Taylor on there again. Even in a game where the Colts lost, which I, I do think it, it's proving, you know, it eliminated that stat. Oh, the Colts are 9-0 when Jonathan Taylor rushes for over 100 yards, which I know Titans fans hawk that stat with Derrick Henry a lot, like trying to claim the importance of running the ball uh, or like the importance that Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor has to wins. It was really which, just kind of a flex. Like Derrick Henry's ran for over a hundred, like 29 games and the Titans have lost what? But, two of but them maybe. yeah, but that stat is also kind of meaningless because if you think about it, if you're winning a game, you're going to run the ball. Yes. And same thing with the, the Colts. If you're, they're winning a game, they're going to run the ball. There could be garbage yards in, in right. that stat. Yeah. So it, to me, it, I mean, that, that Patriots win, that they had earlier this year where he went off on that late, late run, late in the game. He went over hundred yards because that of that run the mold, yeah. and they were winning. So, uh, but even with them losing this past week, he still went over hundred yards and out of touchdown. So it's like, he's still putting together numbers. Don't get me wrong. Jonathan Taylor's having a great season. I just don't want him to win MVP because to me, if any running back deserves MVP, it was Derrick Henry last season. Yeah, I'm with you, and I don't uh, – it seems like the odds makers down in the desert are pretty set on who they believe is going to come away with the award. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor's got 1,734 rushing yards. 
So he needs what? What does that make it? Two hundred and sixty-six yards against the Jaguars. Derrick Henry's proven that can be done. Yeah, which to, to get to two thousand. What did Derrick need? Well, I mean, granted, Derrick did it in a sixteen-game season, not a seventeen-game season. Yeah. But Derrick needed going into that Texans game last year needed, I think, two hundred and it was like two twenty or somewhere 220, around twenty. I think he yeah. needed and, and ended lower. up getting it. But anyways, the the odds for MVP this this year are as follows. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a minus 400 favorite, meaning you'd have to wager $400 to win $100. So that's a steep price to pay. Tom Brady plus 500. Joe Burrow plus 1,000. Jonathan Taylor plus 1,600. Cooper Cup plus 2,000. And then it drops off to plus 5,000 where you have guys like Allen and Mahomes and, and really anyone after that's essentially eliminated. So Rodgers is the big favorite, which makes me say, you know what? We've killed enough people. We've killed enough MVP candidates. It looks like this is Rodgers' award. Kind of signed, sealed, and delivered back-to-back. Everyone else just kind of fell off a cliff or were well, murdered off a cliff. And that's the thing. If, if Derrick Henry was healthy and, and put continued the pace that he was at the first part of the season, he would be running away with this thing. Like, so, no pun intended. This week, I want to do something different. Mike Vrabel deserves to win coach of the year. I think oh, everyone baby. would say that. He's, oh, he's, baby. he's played 88 different dudes. Um, you know, managed to stay afloat when there were key injuries across the board for this team. I mean, the yeah. Jets game alone, I think there was like 23 guys on the injury report. Um, and that didn't change for a handful of weeks. Now the Titans are finally getting healthy and getting some guys back. But the coach of the year odds right now aren't doing Mike Vrabel enough justice. Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, is the favorite. He's plus 150. Matt LaFleur, plus 175, right behind him. Then you have Rabel, plus 350. Wait, Jack, are you are you, are you you going where I think you're going? Are you, are, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think it's time to murder a couple coaches. Oh, my goodness. We're going with the coach of the year death pool. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. That's the reason we started the MVP death pool. We started the MVP death pool the week before <laughs> Halloween. Uh, thinking we would kill off some people to get Derrick Henry's name up there. And sure enough, we ended up killing Derrick Henry first. Now, with that said, we don't want to kill Vrabel here. Well, We've learned our we, lesson. What if we do? What if we start a death pool? And we did, it is the same thing it did to Derrick Henry earlier this year. So do you not want to do it? I don't know. I just thought of this. I want to kill some coaches bad. I've I got a bloodlust that needs to be quenched. Well, you know how much I hate Matt LaFleur. I just hate him. I think Matt LaFleur is is a uh yes, Matt LaFleur a used car salesman. I think he for whatever reason this dude has been falling upwards. He's the Lane Kiffin, sorry, no offense to your rebels, uh of of taken. NFL coaches right now because he's he got this Packers job when he wasn't even that good of an offensive coordinator. It's not the Arthur Smith no. situation, okay? And and then he gets the Packers job which is with one of the best quarter, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Whereas Arthur Smith goes to Atlanta Falcons where it's like, you know, he got a, he's got like the freaking little giants and Matt Ryan. Like that's the, that's the, the guys he was left coaching, but Matt LaFleur. And I just can't get over the fact that he handed the ball off to Luke Stalker on fourth and goal from the two yard line uh, against the Texans. That should be tattooed on his resume or on it his body. It should be. Even. 
It, it should come with a disclaimer. You know how like every time you post anything about COVID on social media, it says like, it gives you that COVID disclaimer, like learn more about COVID-19, click here. It should, like whenever Matt Floor is mentioned online, it should come with a disclaimer, like learn more about Matt LaFleur's decision to hand the ball off to Luke Stalker <laughs> on fourth and goal <laughs> against the Texans. It, but the thing about LaFleur is, yes, he, the, the Packers are 13-3, and three and obviously play, they play the Lions this week and don't have to play their, their starters. Um, I hope they don't, and I hope they Zach lose. Taylor, there's a, there's, a, there's a case. There's a case to be made. He's turned the Bengals from – Bottom feeders to contenders. And they they were predicted to finish fourth in their division this year. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the AFC North is not what we thought it would be. And neither is the AFC South. But the AFC South's at least going to get two teams in the playoffs. Mike Vrabel's had 88 guys, key injuries, and he's third on this list right now? Yeah. I, what more do you want? Uh, what- and not, not, not just the 88 players, but – which is that what it where it currently stands? Yes, they've used eighty eight guys this year. They were Matt like LaFleur, eighty. They were like at like eighty two in uh, week twelve, which I guess, which I guess makes sense. No, guys yeah, they they back. stopped the bleeding literally but, um, and figuratively. But he also lost his best player and arguably one of the best players in the entire sport. So I think that's kind of a big deal too. And and, and beyond the injuries, he has been able to turn this defense completely around. I mean, from from being a total liability, from not being able to stop a nosebleed on third downs, to now you're holding teams to three points. Um, teams can barely score on your defense without the offense turning the ball over. Uh, Matt Lafleur has been carried by Aaron Rodgers. He's going to win back-to-back MVPs. Aaron Rodgers could not have a head coach, and I think the Packers would still win their division. Yeah, I agree. And Zach Mike Taylor, McCarthy had success in in Green Bay. Yes. That yeah, right there, a lot is of like, success, a super like, Bowl. yeah, it's not like, look, Zach Taylor, I think is, look, I think he's he's put together a legitimate case to be coach of the year. Before the season, before the season Zach milk. Taylor was on the hot seat. Zach Taylor, it, it wouldn't have been a surprise to many people if Zach Taylor was fired midseason. For the job that he's done, that's great. But Rabel has won the AFC with a cast, a, a, a team of castaways. Yeah, it, it's. The Island of Misfit Toys was Nashville, Tennessee for at least 10 weeks this season. The guys he was bringing in off the practice squad, the guys he was finding from other teams' practice squads, Greg Mabin. I mean, there's been a ton of guys like that. Dude, I I started a game at left tackle earlier this season. I I forgot to tell you. I forgot to tell you. I should have mentioned it earlier. But, yeah, like that should tell you how low on the depth chart this team was. Uh, What more can you ask from Mike Grable? All right, we're doing the coach of the year death pool. I'm putting Matt LaFleur on there. Man, I want to kill him so bad too, but I guess I have to save my energy for Cincinnati. Yeah, you so, go so we mentioned the, the Packers play the Lions. The Bengals go on the road to face the Browns. Baker Mayfield can't complete a pass. I think he threw 10 straight incompletions last night in what was the ugliest Monday night game I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but he, that's a game they could still lose. The 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 Browns could mess around and sack Burrow a couple times, get, maybe force a fumble, and set the set Nick Chubb up for success. So I think that it's more realistic that we kill Zach Taylor this week. So well, I'm you, going Zach Taylor. You go Zach Taylor. I'll go Matt Lafleur because I'm hoping Matt Lafleur rests his starters this week since they've already got the one seed locked and loses and, to the Lions. That's yeah, a, that's and let's a see guarantee. how he does. Let's see how he does coaching some backups like. Mike Vrabel has all season. Let me look at the NFC. I, I do think there's a tiebreaker at the top, so he may not be able to rest his starters. 
Um, no, I think they, they, but, they secured the one seed, didn't they? Let me make sure here. Um, yes, they have. They're a game up on the Rams and a game up on the Bucks. Um, don't know about tiebreakers, but I'd assume – I'm not going to assume anything. Either way, the, a loss to the to the Lions, starters I'm or not. I'm almost positive they've, they've locked up the one seed because they were talking about – because Aaron Rodgers wants to play this week, and they, they're talking about benching him. So – well, um, uh, but but either way, and the, Aaron Rodgers went on on the Manning cast, so he yes, got the they, Manning cast. They have clinched the number one seed. Um, but even without your starters, a loss to the Lions is enough to soil your coach of the year campaign. I think just so. one loss to the Lions that's is enough. What, look, that's what I'm saying. All right, we've got All our right, guys. You, you've got Zach Taylor. I've got Malathor. Okay, let's remember the Titan. Um, Jack, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Hmm, you go first this week. Okay. All right. All right. I'll go first. Uh, the, my remember the Titan, probably one of the most famous one bar face masks in the history of face masks. Ooh, nice. I think I know where you're going. I'm going with the short King. I am going <laughs> with Gary Allen yes, Anderson. Oh my goodness. Place. Did kicker. he wear that one bar? Well, Man. he wore the one bar. Well, he wore the number one. Well, um, he is was a drafted in guess what year he was drafted jack 1988 1982 82 this guy was playing in the league for a number of years before i was even born my goodness he is a four-time pro bowler in 83 85 93 and 98 he really spread it out. He spread out those trips to Hawaii. He's a two-time first-team All-Pro, 85 and, and 98. Second-team All-Pro, 83. Golden Toe Award, 98. He's part of the NFL 1980s All-Decades team. Part of the NFL 1990s All-Decade team. And with how well he kicked for the Titans, I'd go ahead. I'm going to put him in my personal 2000s All-Decade team. He's also a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers all-time team, but Steelers suck, so who cares about them? Um, I he he was born in Paris, South Africa, and grew up in Durban. His father, the Reverend Reverend Douglas Anderson, played professional soccer in England, not to brag. His mother was South African, and shortly after Gary graduated from get this, this is one of my favorite things about him, graduated from Brentonwood High School. Huh? <laughs> Brenton Wood High School. I, hey, I God, the bless, Bruins. God bless and go Bruins, right? I don't even know what their mascot is, but Brenton Wood High School, that to me is close enough. I love that. Uh, Reverend Anderson left South Africa and moved his family to the United States. And now I know what you're thinking. If you're like me, you're like, man, Gary Anderson, I always get him mistaken with Morton Anderson. Um, it's, it's funny if, if you also feel that way, I'm going to justify it. Okay. Because there are a number of, a lot of coincidences between Gary Anderson and Morton Anderson. Okay. Morton Anderson, another retired star place kicker, right? Anderson and Anderson have nearly identical last names. Okay. Just one letter off. Uh, Morton Anderson spells his with E N at the very end. Uh, Gary is Anderson with an That's O-N. a good tip. 
they were both born within one year of one another outside the United States. Anderson was born in Denmark. They came to the United States as teenagers, had long and successful NFL careers through the 80s and 90s, and hold first or second place in a number of NFL records for scoring, field goals, and longevity. Their overall accuracy is also nearly identical. Their career percentage being with within 0.5% of each other on both field goals and PATs. And if you guys remember this, and I, I do distinctly because before the Titans got here, I was, I was a big Broncos fan. They were in, they played against each other in the 1998 NFC championship game. Hmm. Okay. And the winner was going to play the Broncos in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 33. Yes, it was the year before the Titans won the Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl 33, uh, where the, the Falcons ultimately ended up winning because Anderson, Gary Anderson of the Minnesota Vikings, who was having a record year. It's Eric Church missed, song. He missed a field goal. And then Anderson, Morton, successfully converted his winning kick for the Atlanta Falcons. Both the same distance as well. He missed a 38-yarder which was like automatic. I don't think he had missed a kick all season. Uh, Gary Hatton and before missing in that NFC championship game, which made it a shocker. And that was the, the Vikings when they had, uh, I don't know if they had Dante Culpepper back then, but they had Randy Moss. They had, um, uh, uh, what's the guy for uh, Gary? Uh, no, uh, Carter, Chris Carter, Chris Carter. Thank you. Gosh. Um, Chris Carter on that team, that, that team was loaded. Everyone was terrified to play that Vikings team and they missed on the, it was like a sure thing that they were going to Super Bowl because all, all Gary Anderson had to do is make this kick and he missed it. But then, uh, but then obviously Gary goes on to play for a number of teams, uh, including the, uh, the, or well, after the Vikings, he actually went straight to the Titans um, and put together one of the greatest field goals in Titans field goal history great the picture gamer. great celebration picture too though. right just seeing him in a titans uniform because the titans are a newer franchise to just see a titan with the one bar face mask makes us kind of feel like oh we're, we're a franchise we've been around around. for a while yeah. yeah right like it makes it feel like the team has like been around since the 60s that's that's the one thing i appreciate about gary anderson um but shout out to gary anderson my remember the titan this week Gary Anderson, that's great. That's old school. Old school. I'm going a little newer school. Okay. Just a little. Oh, and also I should point out that uh, Gary Anderson has a son. Want to know what his name is? Jerry Anderson. No. Even better. Larry Anderson. No. Even better. Gary Anderson Jr. Nope. It's Austin. Austin. <laughs> That is, that is a great name. Austin Anderson. I know a couple Austins. All right. My guy's not named Austin. And, and instead of kicker, my player plays quarterback. Now, this is a very country club name, so bear with me. Okay. He's from the University of Southern California. He goes by the name of Matthew Montgomery Barkley. Very country club, right? Yes. Matt Barkley. Drafted in the fourth round by the Eagles in Which the 2013 if, NFL draft. If he played football at USC, he probably is a member of a country club. Fair point. Fair. Well, he went to modern day high school, so I think it's more than. Fair. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They um, definitely, definitely. 
Barkley, aside from the Eagles, he played for the Bears, the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Bengals, the Bills, the Titans, the Panthers. Now, you probably don't remember much of Matt Barkley because I don't think he ever took a real snap. Um, he was around for, for a preseason. In Matthew Barkley's Wikipedia section what, where it pertains to the Tennessee Titans, this, this is what it reads. Barkley was signed a two-year contract with the Tennessee Titans on August 5th, 2021. Now, early in that sentence, there seems to be a, a grammatical error of some kind. Barkley was signed a two-year contract with the Tennessee Titans on August 5th, 2021. This is, this is how it ends. He was released on September 1, 2020 and re-signed to the practice squad. That's Matt Barkley as a Titan. <laughs> so he didn't do a lot here, but he, he's, he started some games. A lot of people probably remember Matt Barkley's original glow up. When he came in, he took over for the Eagles after Nick Foles went down with an injury and Michael Vick. Um, went on to complete 17 of 26 passes for 158 and a pick to go along with one fumble in the red zone. So not a great coming out party. But then he goes to Chicago. In Chicago, he had some great mentors to learn from. I'm talking Jay Cutler. I'm talking Brian Hoyer. Um, and, you know, it, it wound out that his, he made his first appearance as a member of the Bears after an injury to Brian Hoyer. Now, Jay Cutler was already shelved. He, he, he was banged up that season. Barkley decided, you know what, this is my coming out party. He goes 6 of 15 for 81 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. So the Bears are like, all right, maybe we don't have something here. Well, then Jay Cutler comes back, but then he goes back down. He has a shoulder injury, suffers it against the Giants. Then Barkley, the following week, guess who's on the schedule? The Tennessee Titans. What does Barkley do to the Titans? He completes 28 of 54 passes for 316 yards, three touchdowns, two picks, and almost rallied the Bears back from 20 in the fourth quarter before the Titans eventually prevailed 27-21. So that's probably what impressed the Titans. But to tie the two together, Gary Anderson and Matt Barkley, you may be saying, what? There's a connection between the two? Not really, but Barkley in his personal life section is, is, is stated, Barkley is a Christian. During Christmas 2008, Barkley went with a group of friends and family to help run an orphanage in South Africa. So there's your tie together. And, and then it lists many other great deeds and charitable acts that Matt Barkley does. It seems like he's an all-time great person. Um, married his high school sweetheart. And actually in December of 2014, she announced via Twitter she was pregnant. Oh, nice. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. So Matt Barkley's this week's this week's Remember the Titan for me didn't do anything really in Tennessee, but people forget that he was ever here. Right. And for good reason. No. Well, I mean, no, I mean, that's that's a name. That's a, that's a perfect name for this segment because it's like, oh, yeah, Matt Barkley did play with the mm -hmm. Titans, you know, like I even forgot about it. That was I, I completely forgot until you brought him up. So that's a, that's why we do this segment. And uh, honestly, it's really the only reason why we do this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you guys, please give us a follow on this podcast at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. Uh, follow A to Z Sports on all of the socials and on YouTube. You can watch our Braden Gall interview there. Shout out to him, um, Braden for all of the uh for for him just joining us this week he's Braden's awesome. the man he's so he's so great we love having him on he he, he gets us he's got a great sense of humor knows yep. enough about everything yeah that we can have a ton of fun with him as you guys i'm sure can tell right yeah the uh i mean just anyone who comes 
comes with a power ranking of leafy greens you know like you know <laughs> that he, guy's he, the real deal yeah he's right up our alley um <laughs> yeah you can follow jack on twitter at jack a gentry uh that's gentry g-e-n-t-r-y i feel like i just say is there that. another way to spell it well, i don't know i just feel like i i always say it and people will probably like just don't know what well no so i i say it the same Whenever I'm calling to whatever it is, pay my car insurance, whatever you may need your last name to be, I always spell it out. Whether it could be an order somewhere, if you need oh, my last name, also I always I, spell I, it out for them. The pharmacy at Walgreens where I don't see Bud Dupree. Uh, well, and I was, I'm glad you brought up Bud Dupree again because I was going to interrupt you during the Bud Dupree segment, but I also didn't want to interrupt with uh, some levity because of how serious of a subject it was. Oh. Um, but but now I do want to bring it up. Jack, the misdemeanor that he got uh, cited with, how do you say that word? Assault? Okay. And that's what I thought I heard you say multiple oh, times. Oh, don't this do podcast. this again. Assault? Assault? Assault. It's assault. Well, like a, assault. Look, I, that I don't have a big, a big problem with. The, the Bengals thing really drove me through a wall. No. Jack, I I feel like you, like I feel like you you've got to like, you have to know this one, like or like you know have have to know how to explain it, I'm, or like say the. Are word. you saying that I say it wrong? Yeah, I'm I'm saying yeah, I'm definitely saying you say it so wrong. I you say, say you say assault. It's assault. Have you ever heard the joke like you you hear the uh, the the paper shaker was attacked by the uh, by the salt shaker? Yeah, he was assaulted. Like that's the joke, assaulted. Okay, you can't say Oh yeah, he was assaulted because then you're gonna get like, a lot more people siding with you on this than I am probably. Well, this is to me. This is I just don't. A, I don't look. I'm not. This mad is just at you. another Bengals Bengals thing, or no? Sorry, Bengals Bengals. You actually have some ground to stand on in this one. You did it with the Bengals. No, what? Oh, it's Bengals. Bengals. The Bengals. I say it right. I'll stand by the Bengals. It's a salt or a bingle. If I, hey guys, who am I? Oh, I, I don't want to get assaulted by the bingle. You sound like a Canadian, dude. <laughs> assaulted? It sounds Canadian. Yeah, kind of does kind of sound Canadian. Oi, oi, did you hear? Did you hear about the Eskimo? He was assaulted by a bingle. Uh, you you went like Australian. For yeah, that kind of sounds like a, a like there. a beetle. Yeah, I'm Ringo Starr of the Beatles. Okay. I'm Octopus's Garden. How do um, we end this as fast as possible? Uh, okay, it's assaulted <laughs> Bengals. All right, uh, guys, thanks so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate yes, we you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Uh, we love you, and uh, let's go win that one seed this week. Okay? The road to the Super Bowl. It's got to come through Nashville. It's only right. Well, we'll only know uh, once we hear from Jared Stillman's dad. All right, uh, until next week, tighten up. Tighten up.
They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the 